Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? That's right. It's another edition of No Bets Barred. And you may be thinking to yourself, self, that doesn't sound like the dulcet tones of of Connor Burks, the, our, our gambling prodigy. And you're correct. It is the sultry tones of myself, Jed Mashu. I'm in the chair this week, ladies and gentlemen, because Connor is again traveling the globe. Uh, I believe he's in Europe. Uh, for some sort of an event that I th- I guess we'll talk about uh, as this show gets on. But in his absence, if you want his gambling picks, you're going to have to listen to uh, or watch, I suppose, the MMA Hour this week. You know he's going to have you th- covered there. But in the interim, I've called on a man who's answered the call before in these very circumstances. The one, the only, the the voice of MMAfighting.com, realistically. Mr. Mike Heck. Mike! How are we doing? Are you excited for UFC Vegas 81? I think I'm a little more excited now that I get to place a few bets. So I guess I'm a little more into the card than I was a few days back. I got to say that this card is not that bad. I don't like the main <laughs> event isn't doesn't jump off the page. It seems like a wonderful co-main event for an Apex card. But... Some of these fights are really interesting. We're going to get some squashy squashes. We got some high lines. We got some fades for sure. We got the rematch of all rematches. And I'm not talking about Islam Makachev versus Charles Oliveira. I'm talking about finality. I'm talking about getting the answer we've always desired. Well, not always. At least we have for the last few weeks. Is Edgar Chires better than Daniel Lacerda? Is Daniel Lacerda going to avoid... We simply don't know at this point. Yeah. Is he going to get finished again? We don't know. Maybe Daniel Lacerda could save his job. That is intriguing to me. I don't or think can he Daniel will. Lacerda become the man with the worst resume in UFC history. These are things <laughs> we'll get into <laughs> and more. I'm excited you you sort of mentioned a lot of this at the top because uh, a couple of things right off the bat. One, I'm running the show. I'm in charge. I'm the captain now. This is going to be a tight one. We're going to keep <laughs> this tidy because 
Look, I agree, actually. This card is better than I sort of initially gave it credit for. It, it is majorly lacking a main event. But I ended up with a ton of bets this week uh, <laughs> because I thought that there were some spots. And like you said, the most important thing, Connor and I say this all the time, maybe me more so than Connor, Look, if there's one way to make a trash card better, it's to put some money down and at least you're invested. And so I at least have a lot of a, a lot of play this week. We'll talk about this. We're going to have to, and we say have to. I'm, I'm actually pretty pleased to talk about it, but uh, at the end of the show, if you're not into the influencer boxing scene, if you don't care about Dylan Danis, Logan Paul, you can turn this thing off, uh, you know, the last 10 minutes because we will be discussing that. Well, before we do any of it, Mike... We got to go back a week. We got to we got to retrace our steps because I have two important things to say about last week. Of course, UFC Vegas Adia, uh, you know, we all remember one of the one of the cards of the year. I think we'd all remember two things from me, Mike. Again, I'm Connor's not here. I actually don't know how he did last week. I would have had maybe my worst week in the history of this show setting aside the Valentina Shevchenko all-in bet. You know, that's that's a whole separate issue. I couldn't pick one to save my life last week. Grant Dawson? Grant Dawson has a parlay piece? Grant Dawson by KO? Nope. 30 seconds and I look like an idiot. Alex Morono? He's just going to outwork Joaquin Buckley? Not even close to being true. Uh, I didn't even want to bet on I Drew Dober in a parlay with Grant Dawson, so that didn't matter. Alexander Hernandez thought he had a, a buy low spot, an opportunity to as an underdog come through. 30-27s across the board. I, I who have supported Karolina Kovalkiewicz for the past two years, been steadily betting on her, just like, no, this is the time. Belbita's got her. We're, we're finally done. 30, I got so many 30-27s hung on me last week, Mike. It would it would be a tragedy, except for one thing. One thing, and it's Mr. Joe Pye for himself, because I said, you know what? Sometimes you got to zig. Sometimes you got to zig when everybody's zagging. Joe Pfeiffer by KO played out. Everybody knows it. This is going to be his Jack Della Maddalena where you think he's getting the KO and instead he's going to show the the submission prowess nailed it plus 600 kept me from having a catastrophic week but uh Mike how'd you feel about last week I felt bad for anybody betting on any of these cards cuz it, it was, was tough. Just tough it was tough even my like, my official picks like I think I went 0 and 4 to start and I'm just like man I suck and then I ran off like six or seven in a row. Got a little gift from the judging gods with the Vanessa Demopoulos correct answer by decision, which I don't. I mean, I I don't think it's as egregious as a lot of people think that decision is. But I just know that if I had actually bet Vanessa Demopoulos by decision, which I absolutely would have in that spot, I would have been breathing a big sigh of relief, and I would have been pretty happy to take uh, some extra shekels that I may or may not have deserved. And of course, we also have Bellator 300, uh, the chalkiest, stinkiest parlay of all time, just parlaying up the three champions without no doubter. Uh, I have gone back and watched all of those uh, Liz Carmouche, Chris Cyborg, and my my man, my man, Nermi 2.0. Whew. Not quite ready to call him the best lightweight in the world, but man, I'm getting there. I'm uh, He's going to be up high. He's going to be so high. I already think I have him the highest in my rankings. And, buddy, he's going to be so high coming off just a total one-sided fight there. So 
good weekend of fights. Now we got this weekend of fights. And I got to be honest, we said it at the top. I didn't think this was a great card. I thought last week's Apex was better. I thought Grant Dawson Bobby Green is a better fight, certainly as a main event. And the other fights seem better. But I will at least give this week credit. This got better the more I looked into it. Still, this is a, a very, very low-end Apex card. There's not a lot to rope you in if you aren't deeply invested in the MMA game. But if you're not deeply invested in the MMA, if you're not deeply invested in the MMA game and you're listening to this, I love you. I, I, I love you so much because I don't know why anyone would listen to me talk if they weren't deeply entrenched in MMA lore. So without further ado, Mike, we're going to do the same thing we always do. We're going to chop it up. We're going to talk about Vegas or Apex 81. And that all starts at the top in your main event, a featherweight contest between Super Sadiq Youssef and Edson Barbosa. Uh, let me pull up odds right now because I actually don't have them in front of me. Uh, so, Sadiq Youssef, your betting favorite at around minus 165, depending on the book. Comeback on Edson Barbosa is looking at about plus 140, depending on the book. So, Mike, I got thoughts here, but I want to start with you. You're the guest of honor. Tell me what we're thinking about for this main event. So, I have to take what I feel aside and I have to actually put what I feel is the most valuable pick here. That's and I have work. to go, I have to go back to the last time we saw Edson Barboza compete. He was taking on a young hungry lion who's very durable and tough to finish. His name is Billy Corintillo. And what did Edson Barboza do? He absolutely gassed him, ran that dude. He just destroyed him. And it's very tough to do that. Too. Vicious KO knee in the like first two minutes or something. It was awesome. Yeah. I was, was on Edson Barbosa at underdog odds. It was awesome. It was the almost forgot moment. And the way I kind of view Edson Barbosa at this point, and I think we've seen it all sort of play out is if he's not fighting guys that have a chance to get into the top five, he's probably going to win. Like, I just feel like his experience his finishing power, even against guys who don't get finished, he's just ridiculous, man. Like it's very, it was very tough to finish Shane Burgos. Cater did it, and then he like delayed it against and Shane Burgos. One of the weirdest knockouts I've ever seen. And just looking at the betting odds right now, like yeah, it'd be kind of safe to lay minus one sixty six on Sadiq Yusuf. But I'm not here to do that, Jed. What I'm here to do is find some value. So unfortunately, I don't know if you've found a line. Uh, once a line actually drops here, uh, I'm going to bet on either Edson Barboza inside the distance or Edson Barboza by KO because so I have lines for you. Oh, great. Plus Please 140 tell- is nice, but so here's the thing, because actually in my breakdown, I've got it written up right here. Uh, I'm on Edson Barbosa in this fight um, for some of the reasons you alluded to. Look, he's getting older. He has fought. We talked about this the last time, and basically we've talked about it every time Edson Barbosa has fought. The sheer resume that this man has competed against, not wins and losses, just the people he has fought, I honestly believe it stacks up with anybody in the history of this sport. And to think... For him to have fought this level of competition, not as a champion, usually if you see somebody's resume like this, it's because it's Anderson Silva who's batting down challengers or whatever. Here is Edson Barbosa's <laughs> run since 2014, because that's like a pretty clear cutoff. 
Donald Cerrone, Evan Dunham, Bobby Green, Michael Johnson, Paul Felder, Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis, Gilbert Melendez, Benil Dariush, Habib Nurmagomedov, Kevin Lee, Dan Hooker, Justin Gaethje, Paul Felder again, Dan Ige with the featherweight debut. Gets a little bit softer in Makwan Amir Khani, Shane Burgos, Giga Chikadze, Bryce Mitchell, Billy Q. The worst two dudes this guy's fought in a decade are Amir like uh, Makwan Amir Khani and Billy Q. Like those are the two worst guys he's fought in 10 years. <laughs> that is it's unreasonable. It is an absolutely unreasonable run. He's 37 or almost 38. At some point you just it, it will fall off. But I think Sadiq Yusuf is not the kind of guy whose style really takes advantage of Edson. We know the way to beat Edson. The book's out. You got to pressure him really consistently, get him backing up, take away those weapons, and and put the hands on him. If you can get takedowns, that helps. Sadiq Yusuf will pressure. I don't think he's going to pressure consistently enough. He's going to hang around in range too much, try and kick with Edson Barbosa. He's probably going to lose. That's my read, at least, but I won't be super shocked. But like you, Mike... I wanted a little more, you know, plus 140, plus 145. I ended up settling for the plus 145 because your Edson Barbosa by KO line TKO is plus 190. The inside the distance line is plus 165. You're not getting a lot of extra. They are, the books believe that if Edson's winning this fight, it's going to be a knockout. And I understand that. Five rounds, you got a lot of opportunity. Yeah, I'll probably just take them straight. At plus, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm locking it in right now. There you it's go. A, plus one forty. Plus one forty. Edson Barboza. Yeah, man. This is probably one of those fights where if Edson doesn't finish Sodiq Yusuf in two rounds, then I'm probably just gonna hedge and live bet Sodiq whatever the hell it is. Because I really yeah. feel like he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to get him out of there in the first like seven minutes, or he's gonna lose. He's gonna lose the decision. Yeah, the, I mean, the five-round fights as that goes on certainly gonna be worse for Barboza. But yeah, the books are prepared that if he's winning, it's. By KO, and I think he's got a really good shot. I think Sadiq is talented. Uh, I, I've I've had him ranked at various points. I'm not sure if I still have him ranked right now, but he's a talented guy. But I think Edson Barbosa is still this feels a little bit like a y'all must have forgot moment for him uh, again. Like we just had one with Billy Q. I think people may be writing his obituary a touch early, though. I do think Sadiq Yusuf is a step up from Billy Q. So it's a fun main event. I'm actually looking forward to it. It's just not a main event. It is a it's the final fight of the evening, you know. It's th- this yeah. isn't really drawing the people in. I mean, he's only fought at the time. Like this will only be this this will only be the second time he's fought a ranked fighter, Sadiq Yusuf. Yeah. Cuz even he fought Alex Caceres who was not ranked at the time they fought, I don't believe. Arnold Allen, he so. lost. Andre Feely wasn't ranked. And he hasn't fought in over a year and and his last he fight was Don Shanus on like three days notice. So and he submitted him instantly in 30 yeah. seconds. So look, man, I go back to the Andre Feely fight too, man. When he fights guys with vast experience against the best of the best, he struggles. And a lot of people still feel like Feely won that fight as well at UFC 246. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a spot for a dog. I think this line could be a little bit closer. So yeah, I'll take the value at plus 140. I like saying spot for a dog because I got to be honest, I think there are a lot of live dogs on this card. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch 
against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And let's get into, not some of them immediately, at least not for me, your co-main event, uh, the wonderful, your best friend, Alexander Kaylee. He would say that this is a penultimate fight. I don't think he'd give this co-main event status. Maybe... Maybe Jennifer Maya gets gets the Two nod. Fighters, I think he'd give it to him. Is is it though? Is it this is? This I wouldn't animated. give it to this. <laughs> I wouldn't give it to this. Is pretty look. I mean, Jennifer Maya guessed a former title challenger, so maybe that's enough juice. But Jennifer Maya taking on Viviani Arujo. Your betting lines at the moment favor Ms. Maya minus one fifty five. They come back on Arujo at plus one thirty. Maya on a two-fight winning streak. Arujo lost two in a row. Uh, different different dynamics on where these two women are entering this women's flyweight bout. Mike, do you have any thoughts on this matchup? Any value you're seeing running out there? Yeah, Jennifer Maya should be like a minus 220 favorite in this fight, honestly. Boom. I, I, I Look, this is... You could not pick a worse matchup for Viviani Arujo. You just really couldn't. <laughs> There's with some of these up and comers, like if you're Viviani Arujo, you are hating the fact you're not fighting Casey O'Neill. And I don't know if she beats Casey O'Neill or not, but she was supposed to fight Casey O'Neill at 293. O'Neill gets hurt. Now Casey's fighting somebody else. And now instead you have to fight Jennifer Maya inside the hallowed apex. Yikes, man. Jennifer Maya is, she's not going to be a world champion. She's not going to be a number one contender, but she's, better than a lot of these girls. And she is the queen of giving vet lessons at 125 pounds. It probably was Caitlin Chukagian for a hot minute. And I kind of think Jennifer Maya is in that spot right now. So I don't know what the line is. Maybe you can give me some insight. At least give me an idea of where it drops. But Jennifer Maya by decision, whatever that is going to be, just screams at me. I'm sure it's plus money. I'm sure it's better than minus 155. So whenever that line drops on DraftKings, I'm going to take it. Um, Shout so that's where I'm going. 
So you would be half correct, um, Mike, in that I can definitely give you the line. I can give you that line because I'm on that line, Jennifer Maya, by decision. Not only am I on that line, Mike, the robots are on that line. It's the chat GPT bet of the week. We tossed it to the robots for this one. Uh, Fight odds were close. And I thought, you know what? Let's just see what what they're doing. Unfortunately, chat GPT lost for the first time in a long time. The chat GPT bet of the week lost last week. Uh, very, very disheartening, but we persevere. We press on. Uh, it was Alex Morono, by the way. It was a chat GPT bet of the week last week. Still 12 and six plus over four units at this point. Chat GPT still printing money. And I like where it's at here. It's decided that Jennifer Maya by decision. Uh, I don't even need to read you the breakdown. It was just, uh, Maya, Maya beats her pillar to post. Mostly Arujo has some moments with uh, a takedown in the second round, but, not not a lot going. Maya's just gonna outwork her and is too good a grappler to get caught in anything fishy there. So but where you were incorrect, Jennifer Maya by decision is not plus money. Jennifer Maya straight up uh is minus one fifty, as we said. By decision, minus one oh five. Uh I'm still on it. It's minus one oh five. Yeah. You know, it's paying out close to even money. And even though, you know, I just said not getting enough juice on Barbosa by KO, here's the thing about this one. Jennifer Maya's average fight time is 14 minutes and 57 seconds. Viviane Arujo's average fight time is 15 minutes and 39 seconds in the UFC. These two women fight 15 minutes. It's what they do. They are going to go to the judges' scorecards. Uh, Jennifer oh, yeah. Maya by decision at minus 105. I was like, how is that possible? And I forgot that Viviane Arujo fought in a main event. She's got a couple of main events. Um, she got a couple? Uh, actually, maybe she only has the one. I know she has the one against Grasso. Yeah, that um, was the one. Yeah, it actually may just be that. And then, yep, looking at it, and then she has one third-round knockout, and then everything else is scorecards. Okay. It's just, it's just what it is. So, yeah, uh, this fight is going over. I would say, personally, I think the over two and a half, uh, that particular number is a veritable lock uh, as far as a parlay piece. I'm not using it because I have, I don't want to be doubled up on this fight and I've got another uh, little weird parlay cooking up. So, but I think we see this in lockstep. This is Jeremiah's fight to lose, which brings us to a featured Bantamweight fight. Jonathan Martinez versus Adrian Yanez. Uh, current odds have this fight as basically a pick of minus 110 on each side. I got to admit, I was a bit surprised by those odds. Mike, are you like me? Were you expecting there to be a clear favorite coming into this matchup? I kind of thought Jonathan Martinez would be favored in this one because he's on, what, he's on a five-fight win streak right now. Adrian Yanez just got bolted. However, it was by Rob Font who is one of the top 10 best Bantamweights in the world right now, in your eyes, at one point, maybe was the May, best could Bantamweight. Have been the best. <laughs> could have been the best Bantamweight in the whole world. So I, Some say. I figured this would be really close. I thought Martinez would be like a minus 130 or something like that. Like, But I'm not really surprised that it's this close. People love Yanez, man. They love him. So I could understand. The, I could see this one opening for Martinez and then just a closing for Yanez because people just freaking love him, man. I'm one of those people, Mike. I thought Yanez was going to be the favorite, and so I straight up just took him at this at pick'em odds here. I think this is a great buy low spot on Adrian Yanez. I could be absolutely incorrect. Um, Lord knows I've been incorrect many times before, but 
Uh, I think Jonathan Martinez is a good fighter, but he has not like overly impressed me. Maybe I just can't sort of get the the missteps out of my mind, the Davy Grant one, et cetera. But I'm I'm willing to give Yanez a a pass on the Rob Font fight because it's not like Rob Font dusted him. Rob Font finished in the first round, absolutely, but that fight prior to Rob Font hurting him in a in an exchange looked like I thought it would. It looked like most people thought it would. Yanez had the jab going. The boxing is so crisp, so clean. He's got such good timing, such good accuracy. And Rob Font's face was busted up. Rob Font just happens to be tougher than a $2 stake. Never been knocked out in his career, and we saw that. And managed to land a, a good sequence in, in sort of an ugly exchange and then just put the hammer down, and Yanez couldn't get off it. I don't think Jonathan Martinez has that particular bag in him uh, when it comes to Yanez, and I think this is... I think this just lines up really, really well for Yanez. I think he is the better striker, the better boxer. Uh, and I think he is going to kind of remind people. And I, I was a bit, I, I genuinely thought he would be favored. I knew, I know Martinez coming on the big win streak, but to me, I, I didn't take a big loss from the Rob Font loss. So just, yeah, sometimes veterans are going to do that in one of the deepest, most difficult weight classes in the world. I think this is a great spot of Yanez, and I am on him. So I'm I'm basically just looking for value here and like this fight could go either way. It really could. I could see Jonathan Martinez winning a 15 minute decision is very possible. However, I'm going in a different direction. I don't know what the line is yet. Um shout out DraftKings, you will you're just you're meticulous and I respect that. I like Adrian Yaz as my knockout here. Like I I think if I'm going to bet on this fight, it's got to be a proppy one. And I think I can get some value. Look, here's the thing. Yeah, that's about Mart- KO plus 200. That's where I'm going. I'm going, I'm going to lock that I, in at plus I 200. I don't hate that bet. Look, man, Ziviad Lajasvili, Alejandro Perez, Vince Morales, Cub Swanson. God bless you, Cubby. There's going to be a damn they were good on you someday. Inside Nurmagomedov. All very fine fighters. All have finishes in their careers. But very few of them, at the time that Jonathan Martinez fought them, did you feel like, you know what? Jonathan Martinez could get one hitter quittered here. Like, these dudes could just land one big shot and finish the fight. I don't think you felt that way about Jonathan Martinez fighting any of these guys. The one time it really felt like it could happen, it did. Davy Grant friggin' annihilated him. And that wasn't that long ago. It was in March of 2021. Davy Grant absolutely annihilated him. I can never get that fight out of my head. With an overhand. It was just a nasty overhand left. I think Giannis could clip him, man. Like, I think if he lands a clean shot, because he is quick as hell. And Jonathan Martinez is very textbook, man. He's very textbook. But I think if Giannis can land that fastball at any point in the, over those 15 minutes, as long as he doesn't go crazy, I think he learned a lot from the Rob Font loss from the interviews I've seen. I think Giannis can land something, and I think he's going to do some damage, man. I think this kid can hit really, really hard. And like you said, it's not like Rob Font just 101 struck him to two in that fight, but you could certainly tell that Adrian hadn't been hit by a guy who hits as hard as Rob. Like, Rob hits super hard, and he fought Davy Grant. He took Davy's best shots, but Rob just hits harder than Davy. I think Giannis can get him, man. I think he can get him. And my pick is Adrian Giannis plus 200 by knockout. I, I think he does. I think he gets the finish here. I think that's where the best value is on this fight. I love it. 
I also love that you mentioned something. I didn't want to break out the calculator because, you know, AK will get on you about using the MMA fighting calculator. It's very expensive. But the Davy Grant, you know, MMA math does say one of these two men should win. That man should be Giannis. Also, a quick shout out because I don't think I realized this or maybe I just forgot that Jonathan Martinez uh, at one point was a flyweight. Shouts to you, buddy. That's uh, couldn't have been healthy. Could not have been <laughs> healthy for you to be competing in flyweights. So. Shout out to the silence behind the violence, Jonathan Martinez. Bringing us to our next fight. This fight, I have. I got so many questions, Mike. I don't. I don't even know what to do here. I'm talking, of course, about the UFC middleweight debut of Michelle Pajeda. He's taking on Andre Petrosky. Your odds currently for this one. Where are the odds for this one? I was going to ask you the same thing because I totally forgot this fight was happening until you just said it from a betting um, perspective. So uh, not all books have them up. The odds. Uh, wow, that number moved from where I got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> the odds are minus 170 at this point for Michelle Pajeda. Some books have them as low as minus 150. Come back on Petrosky at plus 145. So, Mike. Michelle Pajeda, you know, making his way up the welterweight rankings, having an opportunity against Wonderboy Thompson. Oops, miss weight. Now we're at middleweight. He's taking on Andre Petrosky, who, fine fighter, you know, coming on a good little win streak right here, five in a row since joining the UFC, making a bit of noise. Hasn't beaten anybody great, but quality wins nonetheless. This is a... Big time fight for both guys. And I got to be honest, I'm going to lead us off here because I don't know what to do here. Like, I've been a big Pereira guy, Pajeda guy since he came into the UFC. Me and AK were on him from back in the day of doing uh, Mist Fist and him being a lunatic on the regional circuit. And even his UFC debut, his first couple of fights, he was doing all the crazy stuff. He's obviously settled down, but he's still a super talented guy. He was a super talented welterweight. And I think there's a world where coming up to middleweight, he looks better. He's no longer cutting that enormous amount of weight. Cardio has been an issue for him historically, both because of the, the acrobatic lunatic stuff that he does and the fact that he's just a gigantic dude who's losing a lot of weight in a short period of time. I think there's a world where he could look really good here. But Petrosky has never really blown me away, but he has just been rock solid, just a really rock solid guy putting in the work, getting very... Workmanlike wins, good showing a good bit of grappling experience and performance. And I'm not entirely sure. I think the smart thing, honestly, for me would be to not bet this, just not bet this at all. But that's not what I did. I decided to back Pajeda because he was my boy for a while. I want to back him in his move up to middleweight. And I think he's got the takedown defense chops to make Petrosky fight on the feet with him. And if that happens, I really like his chances to win. But it also could be, hey, he's actually not big enough for middleweight. Petrosky's just going to sort of take him down immediately and have his way, you know, go for that on that anaconda, that arm triangle, that sort of headlock series that he has. So, where are you at, Mike? I'm on the I'm not touching this is the ten foot pole side. Sure. This is dog or pass for me, man. Like Andre Petrosky has no pressure on him at all. Took this fight on like a week and a half notice, if that against a guy like Michelle Pereira and I kind of like this fight 
logistically better. Like, I just think it's a more fun stylistic matchup. Had we still gotten the Mark Andre Barrio fight, I probably would have taken a dog shot on MAB. Honestly, the the yeah. number one contender for the middleweightiest middleweight title. But I think I, Michelle Pajeda can can make make inroads on the middleweightiest middleweight title. He's trying his ass off. Who man. he's the fighter he's become lately is pretty middleweighty. Now that he's up in the weight class, there's. <laughs> You should have opportunities. Up, you should have jumped up like two years ago. You'd be the you'd be the guy right now. Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna just sit back and and let the intrigue play out without any pressure on it. I think that's a smart smart move, but I'm dumb and I took a couple. <laughs> uh, this is not the only fight. There's another fight coming up. We'll talk about in a little bit where I just blatantly backed one of my peoples. I was like, I was on this bandwagon before a lot of people. I'm just gonna ride it and see what happens this week. Because why not? I'm looking for ways to be invested in this fight card. <laughs> so this seems okay. like a good way. That brings us to a fight we mentioned before. A flyweight rematch. The rematch. The biggest one in the sport. The one we all needed the answers to. We no longer have to live in a world where we don't know whether Edgar Chirez is better than Daniel Lacerdo. Whether Dan, whether, whether Daniel Lacerdo was robbed by some shoddy refereeing and he was about to author one of the greatest comebacks we've ever seen. We're doing the rematch right here. Edgar Chirez, Daniel Lacerda, two. Currently, the books have Edgar Chirez as a pretty healthy favorite, minus 305, comeback on Lacerda at plus 245. And Mike, I'm just going to take this away again because I got two things to say. The first thing, a month ago, September, however long ago that was, a little bit over a month, something like that, Lacerda was a plus 185 underdog. So after watching that fight, uh, the sports books are much more confident that Shira is going to win. And I agree. And not only do I agree, but Mike, you know who else agrees? Oh, no. The eight ball, Mike. The eight ball agrees. We brought the magic eight ball back. The eight ball had a tough, tough go of things last week. It went uh, 0-2 and 1. One no contest as one of the eight ball picks of the three ended up not happening. The Philippe Lenz fight falling off. The other two... It didn't do so hot. But I asked it this time. I was like, look, I mean, Edgar Chavez is going to, we all know Edgar Chavez is going to win this fight. My question was, is he going to win it? Is he going to stop him again? You know, is he going to stop him? But this time, is it going to take? Do I really want to be laying a price like minus 160 on Edgar Chavez inside the distance? And I asked the eight ball, and the eight ball said, without a doubt, you do. So our first without a doubter from the eight ball says Edgar Chavez inside the distance. And that is what I'm on for this fight. What's um what's Edgar Chirez by submission? Give me just a moment and I will that's a so that is a, a much better price because I, I vacillated between maybe just going by the sub, but uh Chirez by sub is plus two fifty by TKO KO is plus one eighty five. So I'm gonna play I'm gonna play the sub one. I'm not I'm not gonna go crazy here, but Chirez usually subs dudes like he he, he should have had a submission I mean, he already, win he already subbed Lacerda once <laughs> he already subbed him once I think he does it again and it's it's just so funny man that the, the year that Edgar Chirez has had has been something else man and and with the two submissions that he had the two submission victories that should be in the books of submission victories um, one was full of controversy because of an awful referee letting one go too long and the other was awful refereeing allowing a fight to not go long enough. 
So he's had a weird year, and this is the rematch of the year. This is the one everybody called for. Not Shevchenko, Grasso 3, not this. No, 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 no. This is the one coming out of Noche UFC that everybody needed to see again. And gosh darn it, we're going to get it, and we're going to get a nice, healthy, Edgar Trira's submission win, and I'm going to break the curse of subprops not cashing on this program. Yeah, we, we're we historically bad at them. Uh, another fun fact just to note about this particular fight, the over-under at one and a half rounds, and the under is minus 185. Ooh. They, they do not anticipate this going long. Flyweight unders are are desperately hoping to return this week. But... We we press on to the final main card fight. It is a bantamweight matchup between Cameron Simon and Christian Rodriguez. The odds makers currently have Christian Rodriguez as a minus one sixty two betting favorite with the comeback on Simon at plus one thirty six. Mike, how are we feeling about this matchup of of two pretty damn good prospects? Woof woof, woof woof. A little a little oh oh oh. This should be a closer line, man. Like, this should be a closer line. Cameron Simon is good, man. Now, does he... Has he cheated a few times? Perhaps. Did he get penalized for some of those cheating moments? He did. But this guy's a dog, man. And he's not going to do what Raul Rosas Jr. did. He's not going to have moments in the first round and then just completely gas out and then let Christian Rodriguez take over the fight. I think Cameron Simon is one of the best prospects in this division. I think he's super talented. He's super young. I think he's really, really good. And while I like Christian Rodriguez and I think he's a fine fighter, I think Simon is just a better athlete. And I think he's just a better overall fighter. I think he's a more complete fighter. And as much as AK hates to hear this, I actually think he's got more of that dog in him than Christian Rodriguez does. Not saying that Christian doesn't have any dog in him, but I think Cameron's just a little bit more of a gamer here. And he could deal with adversity a little bit better. Christian Rodriguez is coming off of a huge win. It was a huge get-up for him in his career, stopping the hype of Raul Rosas Jr., but Cameron Simon has just kind of quietly just amassed a really impressive record, and he's had some fun fights, man. He's had some really fun fights. He's been in the dirt and been able to come through. I think this line should be like, I don't have an issue with Rodriguez being the favorite, but minus 162 just seems awful high for me. So I think there's value on Cameron Simon. I'm taking him at plus 136. I bet Cameron Simon at plus one forty five. I thought I, I think this fight should be a pick 'em. Uh and if not, I honestly think Cameron Simon should maybe be the favorite. I really like him. I I think that this kid has been sort of a slept on prospect because he's still even super young. And Cameron Simon ain't Raul Rosas Jr. If anyone listens to anything on this network, they know my thoughts on Raul Rosas Jr. that he is far overhyped. Uh, I don't think Cameron Simon is hyped enough. I think he is an extremely live dog. I think he can win the grappling exchanges, and he's a higher output striker. Uh, I think, you know, some people don't like to take this sort of thing into consideration, but I, like, genuinely do. This team's coming off a big year. Drickus Duplessis, we all know where that man's at. Uh, and I think you need to respect not just what Drickus is doing, but the way he's doing it, the game plan they had for top-level fighters. That is a gym that feels a bit to me like it could be on the precipice of breaking out in a major way, uh, like City Kickboxing did you know, several years ago or whatever. Uh, CIT, it's, I, I think that there's some, some of that there. 
Cameron Simon. I think he has a lot of great things going for him. And the most important thing going for him, Mike, the most important thing, this is the kind of analysis that people come to this show for. I just want to be clear because nobody else is going to say this. Nobody else, any of those other podcasts or any touts online, they're not going to tell you the things you need to know. But I am because, Mike, can you tell me who Christian Rodriguez lost to in his UFC career thus far? little man by the name of Jonathan Pierce. Oh, yes, JSP. JSP. I'm sorry, that JSP. That's right. He lost to JSP. Can you tell me what Cameron Simon's fight nickname is? It's MSP. You oh, think he's going to lose to JSP and then beat MSP? No, get GSP in this bitch. He's going to lose to him too. KSP, wow. FSP. Pick a letter of the alphabet SP and he's cooked. He got no chance. I don't know what the odds makers are thinking with this one. It's so clear. It's so obvious. And that's why you come here because I'm going to find those nuggets for you. Bet the house on Cameron Simon. He can't lose. He can't wow. lose. I might have to put like an extra couple of units on that after that breakdown. What a, what a job, man. <laughs> you should host a gambling show. <laughs> the prelims. On to the prelims, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I have a little less to say about several of these fights, but not this first one, because this first one I have a little bit of honest interest here. Uh, and I don't have a bet down, so... But I'm leaning one sort of way if I were to bet. And I'm talking, of course, about a featherweight matchup between Darren Elkins and downtown TJ Brown. Uh, I don't actually. The odds, sorry, I was trying to pull them up. The odds are minus 205 for TJ Brown, plus 170 as he come back on Darren Elkins. Mike, you mentioned something about this earlier in a couple of other fights. This one to me. I don't know that I want to bet on Darren Elkins, given the fact that he's almost 40, et cetera. This feels a bit dogger passy, though, right? I mean, Elkins feels like he could be a live dog. Brown has given up a lot of takedowns in his career. Elkins can still do that, and much to the chagrin of Alexander K. Lee, we know he has that dog in him. So what are your thoughts on this matchup? I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, if I were to bet on it, it I would have to take a shot on Darren Elkins, but... I have I am currently living in a world where I've never bet on Darren Elkins and I feel like that's a great place to be because I feel like it's just a heart attack waiting to happen every time he fights. It's never fun. <laughs> yeah. So for me, this is one that I kind of looked at. I just could Darren pull it off, sure. I just kind of feel like TJ Brown is gonna kind of run him here. Like it ain't gonna be pretty. But I don't want to have money on a fight like this because I just feel like I don't think it's going to go very well for Darren Elkins. And if he wins and paint me stupid, but I kind of don't think he's going to win. And I just can't put minus 205 on TJ Brown. I can't. I, I would very much agree. Which brings us to our next fight, a women's bantamweight matchup. That's right. This weight class trudge is on. We, in fact, have several. That is multiple women's bantamweight matchups. This is the first one we're talking about. It's Tainara Lisboa versus Ravina Oliveira. Uh, the current odds makers have Lisboa set as a hefty favorite at minus 360. The comeback on Oliveira plus 285. Mike, I'm going to be super impressed if you've got action on this fight. If so, please tell me what it is. So I don't have individual action on this fight. I like Tana Arles Boa, man. She is just a freaking gamer. She just fights her ass off, and I just respect it so, so much. Anybody who lost her pro debut to Bantamweight Featherweight Hybrid Norma Dubont, 
I mean, that's just a great place to start. Right there. Prior to that, already, lost Muay Thai fight to Valentina Shevchenko. That alone should tell you that her experience matters in this fight. She just kind of blew the doors off Jessica Rose Clark. And I know that win doesn't mean as much as it might have two years prior to that. But Jessica had nothing for her. And Jessica usually could dog her way through some of these fights. Not against Tainora Lisboa. So this is a parlay piece for me. Uh, it's a three-piece parlay. And this is the first piece. Lisboa uh, at minus 360 as part one of a chalky three-leg parlay. Might be four. It might actually be a fourth leg added to this now that I just saw I'm another excited. line drop. But um, yeah, I definitely have three and she's one of them. I'm excited to see where this goes. I have no action and I have a couple of very specific reasons for no action in this fight. The first being... In the dark, I assume that Lisboa is going to win this fight. We did get to see her fight Jessica Rose Clark, but we talked about, Connor and I talked about it before that fight. Coming into that matchup, Lisboa's, the combined record of Lisboa's opposition heading into her UFC debut was three and six. <laughs> three and six. This is a combined record of the seven fighters before she made the UFC. Now she is at a, a classy 14 and 14 with the win over J JRC. But still, uh, I have a general rule where I would not be betting on fights between fighters with less than 10 total fights apiece. This one falls under it. And on that same token, Oliveira, 9-8 and eight combined record of her nine opponents. Seven of those opponents had no wins. Five of them, that was her their fighting debut. I cannot feel confident betting this fight at all. And I decided to pass. So, uh, I like I said, I based on what I know, Lisboa is better. But I got a lot of I got a lot of question. Anything can happen with sort of chaos like this. And speaking of chaos, Mike Heck, this man we're about to talk about, we know what he's going to do. Last I checked, there weren't lines up because this fight originally was booked against somebody different. This was originally Terrence McKinney versus Chris Duncan. Chris Duncan. Pulls out with visa issues. Now Terrence McKinney is taking on Brendan Marot in a lightweight fight. Have odds dropped since this? No. So we are recording this on There's Tuesday. A <clears throat> There's a couple. Oh, do you see some somewhere? A couple books have it. Uh, oh, I just see it. I see a minus 450. Yeah, and a minus 450. Minus 450 for Terrence McKinney, plus 300 from Marot. Look, I, I'm not going to put him in a parlay, though he's obviously going to win. I haven't done a ton of research on Marot, but I'm going to say the same thing that Connor and I say every time Terrence McKinney fights, and I'm going to say it forever. Look, we know what's happening here. Terrence McKinney, 20 professional fights. 16 of them have ended in the first round. 15 of them have ended under the 2 minute and 30 second mark in the first round. If you're betting Terrence McKinney, just bet him in round one, get that little extra value. Uh, this fight is not going to exceed five minutes. I'd be quite shocked if it did. That's my breakdown. Mike, is this part of the chalk parlay soup you're trying to build? It was going to be, but you've talked me into Terrence McKinney in round one. Like whenever that line drops, it's probably yeah. what I'm going to go with. This fight's F 15 of 20 fights have ended under two and a half minutes. That's yeah. I like Brendan else Rob, is doing man. it like him. <laughs> I like Brendan. Been watching him fight for a long time. He's young. He's only going to get better. He's one of the cartel guys. He just, he's got some decent wins. Like Dan Dubuque is, 
I don't know if he's a New England legend, but he's like he's like Finally. a Cubs Swanson-y New England guy. Uh, Dion Rubio is a really solid hand. He was like coming through as an Ami. Everyone's like, holy shit, this Dion Rubio guy, like watch out for him. And he just knocked the shit out of that guy. Uh, he fought Lionel Boogs in his last fight, Boogs Young, and Lionel Boogs Young is, you know, tougher than a $2 steak. Dude gets in the scraps, but he's also lost way more than he's won. And he's lost twice Rott, as often as he's won. Yeah, Brendan tough place uh, to be. Treated him accordingly, if if you will. So uh, I like Brendan. Good fighter. Just a tough one to debut against, man. Just a hurricane like freaking Terrence McKinney. But yeah, I'll probably I'll go McKinney round one. But you know, congratulations, Brendan Marat. You made it to the UFC. Probably got there a little sooner than you expected, but. You're in, baby. Let's go. You're in. Now you just got to keep it. Hang on to the job. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Next fight, the other women's Bantamweight matchup on this arena, Alexiva taking on Melissa Dixon. Oddsmakers have Dixon as the betting favorite at minus 148 on DraftKings and plus 124, the comeback on uh, Alexiva. Mike, this is the fight I alluded to earlier where I was going to do something dumb. Look, it's a matchup between two women with a combined 11 fights between them. Shouldn't bet on it, but Mike, you'll know this. The, the MMA, the MMA, you know, verse out there, they they won't know this, but we we talk about Bantamweight being a bad division. And in our rankings panel, one of us on this program, who's not you, may have sent a message to everyone that it's we should burn this division to the ground, a message that has gathered steam over the years. And I, I sent that message when uh, I forget who it was who by default was forced out of our women's bantamweight rankings for inactivity, and we had to find a replacement. And Julia in order Avila, to do that, that might be right, might be correct. And I there wasn't a replacement that was obvious. There were people on horrible losing streaks, and so I had to go dive into finding who is a prospect who's not awful and I found Aries film and watched Melissa Dixon, who in the year of our Lord 2022 racked up four wins. And that was good enough for me to rank her, uh, particularly because the win over Daria Zelenikova is like actually not an awful win. Daria Zelenikova, incidentally, was supposed to 
be the was the original scheduled opponent for Tanara Lisboa uh, on this card before Ravina Oliveira stepped in after uh, Zelnikova stepped out. So both women could be making their debuts. And instead, here we are, Melissa Dixon. I think she was also previously scheduled somewhere else and got bumped. But I can't recall. Yes, she was originally scheduled to fight Gisela Mojeda uh, back in Aries, and then this happened. So I'm backing Melissa Dixon. This is a dumb bet. I don't encourage anyone to follow me, but... She's my girl for a minute, so I'm rocking with her. She is tough. She's got pretty decent takedowns, particularly from the clinch. I am saying that this against Alexiva, who just tapped uh, Stephanie Eggers, who decently accomplished grappler, ADCC, you know, competed in Slice of Gabby Garcia, and Alexiva Niebarzer. But, you know, Alexiva's beaten multiple Stephanie. She just has a knack for beating Stephanie. Melissa is a whole different name to defeat, and I'm rocking with my girl, Melissa Dixon, here. Do you have any thoughts on this fight, Mike? If you are you're, if you're, if you think your bet's dumb, I'm actually thinking about making an even dumber bet, but I don't know what the numbers are. So I ask you, Jed Mishu, do we have an over-under on this fight? Over is two and a half rounds. Over is minus 170. Under plus 140. I'm going under two and a half on this fight, Jed. On a women's bantamweight fight. Because I think this... Either Alex Eva is going to catch her in something weird and transition on the ground, or Melissa Dixon is just going to pound her on the ground. beat the hell out of her. <laughs> so I don't think this one sees the cards. I don't think we get to round three. I'm actually going to take the under two and a half in this fight. I'm not taking a side. I think... Whoever wins is going to win it relatively quickly where the judges could just sit back and watch it. So I'm going to go under two and a half in this fight. I think plus 140 is is just the line to get me there. I love the aggression. I love it. Uh, two last fights on this card, and we'll wrap it up pretty soon here. Chris Gutierrez, Gutierrez taking on Alantan Gilly. I can't ever pronounce um, this man's name. Alatang Ali. Alatang Ali. There we go. Gutierrez, your betting favorite, minus 325. The comeback on Alatang Ali, plus 275. Uh, yeah, this is a parlay piece for me. I'm taking Chris Gutierrez. I think this is a huge step up for Alatang. Um, I, I probably would have gimmicked uh, Gutierrez with Yanez if Yanez wasn't so close to like a dead pick him, just because I think Adrian Yanez and Chris Gutierrez are... F- are suffering the same thing. They both they both took a veteran loss against a guy who's really good, specifically in the areas they are. With Yanez, it was Rob Font who could jab with him and has that really, really good boxing. With Gutierrez, it's Pedro Munoz and the leg kicks. Chris Gutierrez obviously has a ton of leg kicks, but Pedro Munoz, exceptional at defending, exceptional in his own leg kicks. Just a veteran loss, those types of things happen. Uh, I think this is a great get-right spot for him. I think Alatang needs takedowns, and those are going to be very difficult. And as his leg gets chopped out more and more from him, those aren't going to come. I like Chris Gutierrez here, and I think this is a pretty good line. At, uh, I have it at minus 250, so pretty pretty decent for me. Uh, this is leg number two of the Chalky Ooh. Chalk Parlay. Chris Gutierrez, yeah, I, I think this fight kind of plays out the way you said it will. Ailey's kind of crazy. Gutierrez isn't so much. He just knows what he's good at, and you can prepare for it all you want. But it don't matter. You're going to get kicked in the leg. You're going to get kicked in the leg a lot. And then eventually you're going to fall down. He's going to put you out of there. And I think that's what's going to happen here. So give me Chris Gutierrez. As much as it pains me to watch this fight, 
knowing that we were supposed to get Chris Gutierrez versus Montel Jackson last week. And that fight was just way more interesting way to more me. Fun. Way more fun, way more interesting. Montel Jackson gets that big step up in competition, gets a name, a man who was in the rankings, and then he's out. Just the story of Montel Jackson's UFC run, and it breaks my freaking heart. But now Gutierrez gets me a good value spot on this parlay. It's going to pay out plus money when it hits. Boom. And that brings us to our final fight of the evening. Um, I also forgot Chris Gutierrez was ranked in the UFC's ranking. So you're getting a ranked guy in the almost curtain jerker. What an interesting lineup set here. Uh, anyway, your main card or your card opener, Ashley Yoder taking on Emily Ducati in a uh, strawweight bout, a women's strawweight bout. The odds makers have Ducati as a major favorite, minus 360, Yoder at plus 285. Mike, this is feeling chalky. Is this ingredient three in the stew you're building here? Yes, because if there's if someone said, Mike, here's $20, there's no betting odds. Put this $20 on the fighter you're most confident will win on this whole card. It's Emily Ducote. It's Emily Ducote. Look, I respect Ashley Yoder. She gets in there and she fights for a living and she's won a couple, but she loses almost all of them and she's somewhat competitive in some of these she's just not very good emily cody is pretty good not great i think when she came into the ufc i think we thought she might have been a little bit better than she actually was i think she learned some lessons along the way and i think this is a just a perfect get back opportunity for ashley oda hasn't fought in a hot minute i think she's six and six as a pro total for ashley Yoder. I think she's got a sub 500 record in the UFC, keeps getting new contracts. I think Cody just beats her. I don't know if she finished her, but she beats her. And honestly, I'm more confident Emily Cody winning on Saturday than anybody else on this card. So that is the final piece of the parlay. Cody, Gutierrez, Lisboa pays out a plus 118. Mike, uh, you said something there that I think is really important because you may not know if Emily Cody finishes Ashley Yoder, but I know that she will not. And here's how I know it, Mike. <laughs> Because this is the second leg of my parlay with Chris Gutierrez. It's not Emily Ducote. It is the over two and a half in this fight, which is at minus 350. In 13 combined UFC fights between Yoder and Ducati, 13 of them have gone to the scorecards. These women, they they want to keep the judges in Juicy Couture. They want the judges earning their pay. Each time out, they are going to make it to the final cards. Of that, I am extremely confident. So getting plus 350 for the over two and a half felt like a happy parlay piece uh, for this opening bout. And that's the end of the fight card. We're not quite done, though, people, because the biggest event this weekend, certainly the event that's going to draw the most eyeballs, the most attention. Talking, of course, about Misfits 10, a.k.a. Misfits Prime, Misfits Boxing, KSI versus Tommy Fury, Logan Paul versus Dylan Danish. The the posters aren't going to say it, but I'm also going to throw out Salt Poppy versus Slim Alabizi and Dean the Great versus Wally Sharks. No, not anybody talking about that one. We've got influencer boxing, Mike. we got to talk about it so I can put it in the thumbnails. We can up that engagement. And let me tell you, the boxing odds that I found, they're not everywhere. They're tough. Couldn't find odds for everything either because I wanted odds on Salt Poppy. I wanted odds on Dean the Great, and I can't find them. But KSI versus Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury minus 350 were the latest odds I saw. KSI, the comeback, getting at plus 275. 
We've talked about it some this week in various channels. How are we feeling about this influencer boxing super fight? And do we think the KSI is a live dog here? No. Correct. We don't. <laughs> we don't think it's a live dog. In fact, uh, I have placed an actual bet on this fight. I Ooh. placed an actual bet on this fight. Um, I'm not betting Tommy Fury at those odds because why would I do that? Because Tommy Fury is going to cook KSI and Probably. then he's going to put the man out of his misery. I have Tommy Fury by KO at plus 120. Ooh, I love that. So I didn't look at any prop odds. I am, uh, I am betting on Tommy Fury. I'm putting him as the third leg in my parlay with uh, Ducati, Ashley Yoda over two and a half and Chris Gutierrez. Those three legs pay out plus 131. Here's the deal. Uh, I don't think Tommy Fury... Tommy Fury is like very good at boxing, but he's a boxer. Um, and that was my exact breakdown coming into the Jake Paul matchup. And I got talked out of picking Tommy Fury by, I don't think you were among them, but there was a certain contingent of the MMA fighting universe who was like, Nope, Tommy Fury is trash, hot trash. <laughs> and we're like, they were the most adamant people I've ever seen. And I bought into their confidence because for years I was like, I don't know, man, like he's not good. But he's big and can sort of box, and that's probably good enough. And I said that for months, and then um, a certain man whose name starts with a D and ends with an Amon Martin was like, no, no, Jake Paul's going to kill him. Tommy Fury sucks ass. That may be paraphrased. Um, and I, I got talked off the ledge, and I regret that. I regret it heartily. Because let me tell you, KSI is not as good a boxer as Jake Paul. Is. No, I, no, he's I not. will say KSI is a crazier boxer than Jake Paul is. KSI is much more willing to uh, make this a more interesting fight if things start going poorly. And I say if, when, when he's just getting jabbed up and kind of bodied around the ring, he is probably going to be willing or um, dumb enough, as some might say, to try and mix it up and brawl with him, which probably gets him popped and to your point finished. But the KSI just doesn't have the tools to compete here. Um and I I could see this going finish. I could see Tommy Fury just sort of, you know, having some acumen and that being enough here. But Tommy Fury's kind of get his hand raised one way or the other. But really the main event this weekend, at least as far as the MMA world seems to be concerned is the one guy who would ostensibly is an MMA fighter to some degree, still in Danis, is fighting Logan Paul. The odds are Logan Paul minus 580, Danis the comeback plus 450. Mike, perhaps the most relevant odds would be, is Dylan Danis even going to make the walk? It's fight week. It's fight week, and theoretically we think he's still there. Is this fight going to happen? I have placed another bet on this fight, and I bet... That it is going to happen at plus 140. Woo! So there you go. So I put a unit on that because I think it's going to happen. I, I think would Dylan, take that. Dylan, That's plus 140? On Bet US, it's plus Oh, heck yeah. Okay, I'm going to actually take that. I do think it's, this fight's going to happen. As a matter point. of fact, on that website, it's the only thing you can bet on with this fight. That I mean, I can find. You couldn't even get actual betting odds for the fight. You can get KSI props for the Tommy Fury fight. Like that's where I got KSI by KO or t Tommy Fury by KO plus one twenty. <laughs> but the only betting lines on that website are whether or not the fight's going to happen. And yes, is plus one forty. So I took a stab at it because I think it's going to happen. Dylan Danis is in England. It's going to happen. 
it's one of those bets where if I lose, I'm going to feel like the dumbest man alive. But I plus 140 feels like like that's actually really good value because I do think we're going to get it. Um, I, I'll be honest, I have no idea what to expect. We haven't seen Dylan Danis do any sort of combat sport in several years. Logan Paul has looks like a bad boxer every time I have watched him box. He's apparently an exceptional professional wrestler. You could speak more to that than I can. I've, I've seen some for the site, but I, that was never my bag. He is a very big dude and very athletic dude, and that's probably enough because Dylan Danis has, when we did see him fighting MMA, his striking was abhorrently bad, like actually physically painful for me to watch. Um, but I will not be betting this one. Other than that, I think that's a great line because I, I do think, I just don't think Dylan Danis can back out of this one. That one, if he's already in England, that's just, who I'm not sure he could pull it off. So, I do have one other bet that I literally just placed. Ooh, let me hear it. It is a quarter unit play on a draw at oh, plus 1300 yeah. plus 1300 oh, heck yeah something real dumb yeah i want like draw slash because if it's like i wish there was a line that was like draw slash dq slash like no contest oh, yeah. or like no result the stupidest answer yeah the stupidest yeah. outcome what are the dumb outcomes that can happen so either i, like I, I get i hit the draw plus 1300 or like the fight's gonna end in a weird way where it's just gonna end up being a push anyways so I'm going a little small sprinkle. Let's have some fun with this shit. Plus 1,300 on a draw. I respect it. I will also say that if odds, if I can find odds between now and then, a couple of undercard matchups that are, you know, they're fighting for some sort of misfits boxing belts of some kind. Uh, you know we saw Poppy Gang, Slim Poppies taking on Slim Albaher. Uh, I... I think people believe that uh, New York Rick was the salt poppy progenitor, the man who pushed him. And I am absolutely dead certain I was the first man to be like, at least among our side, was like, this dude actually has hands because I had to cover all the stupid early misfit stuff. I was like, this guy's actually kind of good. <laughs> uh, and so I'm going to ride with my boy. I don't think, you know, losing a three round fight just by activity, not really anything else. You know, it's a learning lesson. Similarly, uh, Dean the Great, Wiley Sharks 2, uh, if there are odds on that, the odds I sort of saw around that I saw, I couldn't verify, but I saw people floating, had Dean the Great at like minus 185. Um, he's actually probably the best of the influencer boxers. Maybe maybe Jake Paul's better, but like Dean the Great actually has real hands. He's already beaten Wally Charks. He's definitely going to beat this again. I would I would unload a clip if I can find a betting option on on Dean the Great because watching this dude work, he like he looks like a legitimate club pro boxer, like a guy who does this. Not a guy who's going to make a run, but like a guy who is a is a true boxer. So that's where we're at, and that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I have one Mike, more bet. You have another bet. I have one more bet on this card. One more bet. Let's go. Is it KSW? Did you make a KSW bet? No, I made another bet on this fucking Misfits card. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I have to bet against MMA here. I know I, I have a lot of respect and a lot of admiration for Anthony Taylor. I really do. I think what he has done with his career after being where he was like four or five years ago when I had spoken to him and he was in a really dark place to where he's at now, just kind of being a 
a cog in this influencer boxer wheel and just doing it right. I give him so much credit for this. Unfortunately, he is fighting a dude that might actually be the second best influencer boxer. King Kenny, man, he fought Winderson Nunez, and I thought Winderson Nunez was the dude. He beat the breaks off Winderson Nunez. Like, this, that fight was not competitive for a second. King Kenny is long, rangy, and the more he fights, the more he learns how to actually box. And as much as I admire Anthony Taylor, as much as I like the man, he is, it's going to be like, it's going to be like a puppy fighting a kangaroo dude. Like, it's not going to go well. You're just going to get boxed up from a distance. King Kenny is just going to pick this dude apart for five rounds. It's only a five round fight. Give me King Kenny. Minus 260, two units on King Kenny. That's how confident I am in him. Boom. I would also say, I think King Kenny looked a lot better his last couple of times out. He took a little while to get going. Uh, I think he lost a phase temper in one of his early fights. I remember covering that and being like, oh, this guy isn't very good. Um, but he has definitely shown himself to be better as things have developed. So who knew that this is where our life would be, Mike Heck? This is where we'd be in life talking about, you know, uh, influencer boxing um, I have and, and guys like King Kinney and Salt Poppy uh, is going to be great. But that's all we have. I also, uh, Salt Poppy's opponent, Slim, just beat Anthony Taylor. So, you know, or just lost Anthony Taylor. So, I mean, who's really Slim here? Is it Slim or is it Salt Poppy? Because Slim salt. Poppy is... We're going to see. Maybe he's not as good as Slim Poppy, but that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Just over an hour. We got you covered for UFC Vegas 80. We got you covered for KSI versus Tommy Fury, Misfits Prime, whatever you want to call it. And next week, boy, next week, good things are happening, Mike Heck. I'm very excited about next week because that is next week, right? Or do we have a week off? No, UFC 294 next the weekend. Newest, okay, it's, it, we have a week off after that. Okay. I was going to say, we, it is next week. Next week, we get the rematch. Back in Abu Dhabi, Islam Makachev, Charles Oliveira, two, Paulo Costa, Hamza Chemaev. They could just, frankly, rename this fight card Russia versus Brazil because all of the fights are Russians versus Brazilians, basically. Uh, it's going to be big-time fun. Maybe not the best fight card in the world, but it's good to have a pay-per-view back. The main event is spicy as, as Mr. Mike Heck himself. And so, I'd like to thank Mr. Mike Heck for showing up, stepping in, as always, when, when the call is issued. He answers it every single time. I appreciate you for that, buddy. And until next week, we love y'all. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. 
This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prof G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prof G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.